I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. One, two, three, six, seven. Like she skipped numbers. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Today, Jen, we continue our look at Little House on the Prairie. Like we said, we're actually going back and we're covering Season 2, Episode 17, Troublemaker. The description reads, when Doc Baker's recently widowed sister, Annette, visits Walnut Grove, she brings her troubled son, James, along. James immediately (laughs) bonds with Carl, leaving Laura in a bind for an annual fishing competition. Nice. Jen, overall thoughts. Well, of course, there's a competition. Um, Of course. I'm so glad we went back because we've just really... I didn't realize how much I missed friggin' Hero Mo or Ride or Die. I know. I I just miss miss Carl's Jr. And there's a return of a guest in here that (laughs) I was... I started screaming at the TV, as you can imagine. I figured you would. Oh, my God. I was screaming when I saw Carl's Jr. (laughs) Well, we knew he was in this. And spoiler alert. He was near explosives. He was explosives <laughs> no. adjacent. What the hell? He always is. This kid, man. I miss him. I really do. I miss him too. Like Amy and I were starting to warm up to the Garveys in season four. Mm. Well, we know how you'll see how that goes. Everyone will see how that goes. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by this time, our our listeners are thinking that we're warming up to the Garveys. Yeah, not happening. Yeah. Okay. But we miss we miss these guys. Okay, Jen, we open on Sunday Mass, and everyone's there, the Ingalls, the Edwards, blah, blah, blah. They're singing Amazing Grace, oh, a little course. deviation from the usual. Oh, that's true. They usually sing, like, Onward Christian Soldiers. and Yes. Oh, <laughs> when they, when they march people out of town, they sing Onward <laughs> That's, that's only when they have to march people out of town. Cut to after church. Everyone is piling out and heading for a picnic. Charles invites Doc Baker, which, why the fuck would you invite that scarecrow on a picnic? God. But he says he can't go because he's expecting company. What? I thought he had a date or something, maybe. The last thing we need is Doc Baker backstory. I know, right? Not here for this. His sister Annette is coming to town and Charles is like, you have a sister? Like, you come from a family? (laughs) I just picture, when I was picturing his sister in my mind, I just picture him with like a wig on. (laughs) (laughs) Like a Nelly wig with the blonde ringlets? Yeah, like just his face Mm -hmm. with the Nelly wig. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And Doc explains that she was widowed last summer and she and her son are coming to stay with him for a while. Speaking of wigs, did you notice that, um, like, looking back on season two now, after watching season four for a while, mm-hmm. Nellie's wig is so much better in season four. <laughs> yes, yes. Later, we see the Ingles and the Edwards on the picnic. And Laura and Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Oh, so good to see him. Are fishing at the nearby creek talking about a trout competition that's coming up. So, of course, know. of course, Carolyn's cooking for everyone. Can we discuss? Of course she is. Yeah, there is like a fucking spread. <laughs> Laura is super excited because she used to trout fish with her grandpa and knows how to catch them. And she says, my pa's pa was the greatest fisherman in the big woods. And pa used to say there wasn't a fish in all of Wisconsin who wasn't familiar with his pa's fishing pole. Now, do they know that that's innuendo? (laughs) That's a little bizarre. I wonder if that was intentional. Or if they're just not paying attention. Or if they just don't have, like, dirty minds like we do. They just don't have dirty minds. Carl's Jr. looks confused, but he's like, okay, whatever. And so they agree, Jen, to be partners for the partners tournament, which is coming up in two weeks on some Sunday after church. But I have a question about this fishing competition. Because, of course, there's always a competition. I feel like this is more of a Gen X thing than an 1800s thing. Of course, there's a competition. Was Mm -hmm. there a penalty for losing? Like, what Probably. happened to you if you lost? <laughs> Did you get decapitated? Like, what What Probably. was the penalty for losing? That's what I want to know. Um, Jenny, did you notice in the background, Mary's playing hide-and-seek with Carrie and Alicia, and Carrie clearly has no idea how to play hide-and-seek. <laughs> so a couple of things. I heard a one, two, which she's counting. Like, you know, she's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I heard a one, two, three. Voice. Do it well. One, two, three. <laughs> Six, seven. Like she skipped numbers. She is like ten. All right. Well, actually, she's probably like eight in this in this season. But she like, should be able to count. She to should 10. be able to count to ten, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that's not mm-hmm. too. That's not too much like, to expect from a girl this age, right? Yeah. And then we have the hokey music, and they zoom in, and she's she has her hands completely off her eyes and is looking <laughs> to see where everyone goes. It's weird though seeing Mary young again. Yeah, it is because mm-hmm. like she's like an adult in season four. Yep. Although it wasn't wasn't season two the season where she got engaged? Oh yeah, I think so. Oh, I think so. Okay, she's like, all right. That well. night we see Jen. We see Doc Baker's house. I never knew he had a house. I mean, I assumed he had a house. But I didn't know where it was. <laughs> it looks like it's connected to his practice. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he's having dinner with his beautiful sister. No, I'm sorry. Somebody <laughs> lied about who their parents are. There's somebody who like, this is not the father. They don't have the same father no. or Mm-mm. something because there's no way they're related. And a, and I'm using this term loosely and put it in air quotes, kid <laughs> that is supposed to be Doc Baker's 15 year old nephew, James. Jen, he's 25. Okay. Hold on. We got to look him up because he, right, he looks 25. Pause. All right, we're back, Jen. This is Brett Erickson. He was born in 1957, so he's 19. Oh, okay. He he looks 30. He looks 30. But he was also, he was in a later season as Rob McGregor in Little House. Okay. So we do see him again, but not as the same character, because that would make sense. That would make sense. All right. Annette tells Doc that Walnut Grove seems like a wonderful place, like a place she can stay and heal from her losses. And Doc Baker tells her that Walnut Grove is quiet and it's always been a fine home to him. And James says, 
I haven't seen anything worth staying for yet. Of course he has a chip on his shoulder. Well, because ev- like they always have to have a foil. Like they're, everything's so black and white in mm. Wallen. Because, oh, I forgot to mention, written by, directed by Michael Lamon. Of course. Yeah. So, of course, there has to be this, you know, like he can't just, there's no gray. Like there's no, no. there's mm-hmm. no like nuance of character. It's just all this or no, that. No, and if a kid is troubled, he's troubled. Well, and can I discuss that? This the, okay. the The house was way fancier than I expected. Yes, given what we see in his office, because his office is kind of a mess. It was like Olsen level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. Doc is making money somehow. He's not just getting paid in apples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the way he acts and the way he gets paid in like chicken and apples. Like you expect him to be like in a shed mm-hmm. with just a pile of like chickens in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back at the Ingles. Pa is playing his fiddle, Jen, and Ma's cleaning up dinner. Of course, she's always doing some kind of chore. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, he's not playing the fiddle, but he's like playing around with it. And I was here for uh, it. But you he's were like tuning it up. I was here for it. Were you more affected by it because you saw the episode where Chris touched his <laughs> fiddle? Like, are you just more affected yes. by it now? Yes. Mary is, of course, talking about a big test coming up at school, and she's asking Ma if she could skip her chores to study tomorrow. Laura pipes up and she's like, I'm not doing them. I'm going to be practicing for my fishing tournament. Jen, how do you practice for a fishing tournament? I would imagine you would fish, like you would practice for any tournament. Isn't fishing just luck? It's staring at a stick in the water. Right. (laughs) Laura would rather stare at a stick in the water than study. So she says that she wants to win this big prize. And Mary says, thanks a lot, Laura, and Paw Snickers. To be fair, like, I know Mary's being a nerd. And, like, I mean, but if the choice is between, like, doing laundry and studying, I'd pick studying, too. Yeah, that's true. So the next day at school, Jim, Miss Beetle is talking about phases of the moon. I mean, is Miss Beetle, is she Wiccan? Well, I have to tell you something. (laughs) The other day, my kids had lacrosse practice. And Samantha was laughing so hard because they were learning about this not too long ago. And Samantha's on to waning crescent. This is her new thing, waning crescent. Why is that? An, uh, what do you mean she's on to it? She keeps pointing out when the moon is in waning oh, okay. crescent. Okay. So she's like, she gets in the car and she's like, mommy, we were lining up to to hit what hit the ball, hit a stick. I don't know do. what they do in lacrosse. It's, it's like a little net and you throw yeah, the ball whatever, to each other. Whatever. We're lining up to do that. And I yelled, oh, look, everybody, the moon is a waning crescent. Oh, Lord. And, and she said, nobody said anything. <laughs> what That's are you actually doing? true story. What are you doing? God. All right. So they're talking. They, they spent a lot of time talking about Harvest Moon Gem. Remember Harvest Moon, the video game? No. Yes, you do. For- no, I don't. Yes, you do on Nintendo. Harvest Moon. Oh, that's a vague, vague. Festivals it's and stuff, and you had a farm. It's a whole thing. It's a vague. Jenny, Google it. You know what Google I mixed it. that up with? I think is this is this is a deep cut. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Shining in the darkness for mm. Sega. No. Google Harvest Moon real quick. Harvest Moon. God damn it. Maybe SNES or was it GameCube or was it N sixty four? Video game. I'm leaving all this in because our memes need to hear it. Uh, I keep getting Neil Young. There's a new one. Oh, I think there's new versions of it. 
Right. Okay, so it was first developed for the SNES. So oh, I, I, SNES. See it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Yes. Don't you remember that? Not really. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. And now I think it's like a whole thing. I remember. Like community. I, I remember, but I really didn't play it. When was it out? I might have been. God knows what I was doing. There it let's, is. Let's oh see my what God, year it was. It. Released in 1996. Yeah, I was already in college at that point. I remember playing it a lot. I loved it. It was great. You used to like pluck the turnips out of the ground. With both I kind of kind of remember it, but I didn't really play it much. You were a dude, and you had to find a chick to marry in the town. That's like you remember um, Baldur's Gate. I didn't really play that. Oh, that that was a brilliant video game because the game changed. Like, it could change in all these different weird ways. Like, it was kind of open-ended. So, like, you could play the same game over again, and you could decide to just start murdering people at random, and then mm. you become an outlaw, and then you can't go to any town because the police are always after you. It's a completely different game than if you, like, okay. were a law-abiding citizen. It was okay. really amazing. Hmm. Okay. What was that for? PC? That was PC, yeah. Oh, Okay. All right, Jen. So sorry, sorry about while, that aside in the video games. While the kids are learning, the greatest thing ever happens. This was oh shocking. God. I was shocked. <laughs> Suddenly they hear like a commotion. And the kids go running out. Miss Beetle's like, kids, kids, get back here. So finally no, she follows them out. Yeah. Jenny, loose wagon, <laughs> running down the road. And we see Ram Alden lying on the ground <laughs> like in shambles. And all the kids, okay. He's, so getting, this, he's starting to get up. So, like, you know he's okay. Yeah, right. But this reminds me of, and we had a Mimi, Mimi Mike, ask for this. Elaboration on the time we saw our principal get beat up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, somebody very, actually wants more details on that story. So, very similar. All the kids go running out to see the principal getting beat up. Um <laughs> We had our school, like we had three schools, high schools in our city and one closed. So the other two schools absorbed those students. And there was this stupid, like, it's where it was West Side story. Like West Side and North Side, like hated each other or whatever. So there was this like rivalry and there were fights, Jen. Do you remember like every day? Yep. Every day there were fights. So well, the ironic the- part is that the two high schools that combined were down the street from each other. So it's not like this is a different. No, part no, of no, town. no, no. You're making a mistake. You were in Central, yeah, and you went to Tech. Yes, all of the senior year went to Tech. Yes, but freshmen, juniors, oh, and sophomores right. were divided. They moved us so in- that we could all graduate together. Right. If you were North and West, you went to West. Yep, that's right. If you were in East and South, you went to tech that's right now that's i right. went to tech because we used graham's address right because they wanted you in the same school as me yes. which made sense yes. yes i would drive you to school and then ignore you right so we were all there and so a big thing is the west siders used to drive over to our school at lunch that's right and, yep. and do fights to be, do fair, fight, do fights do fights. Outside. <laughs> to be fair that used to happen at lunch at central yeah sure yeah. but it, it just seemed like it was a little yeah amped up it was year. Up. that was for sure so these Westsiders show up, and Mr. Karam was our principal. Mr. Karam goes flying out because we used to be able to just be outside for lunch. Like, oh, you we just were just leave. all over the place. The whole like block was just covered in kids. Hanging yeah, out. You were dismissed for lunch, yeah, you were which out. meant we wandered around the city. 
Which meant you could go up to Sandy Kay's house and smoke weed and yep. come back to school. We used to get in our cars and go wherever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he runs out and the West Siders who are beating the tech people start beating Mr. Carroll. God. <laughs> and everybody's Ugh. screaming. And I all remember the kids, when that happened. It's Revald in style because we all headed out. Somebody's yeah. yelling like the principal. I was outside because there was two different yes. lunch periods and it was yes. my lunch period. Yeah. And so then the cops had to come. Yeah. So that so that's the background there, Mimi Mike. That's that's what happened. It was insane. That was crazy. It, that it was, was a crazy wild. year. It was wild. Oh, my God. That's the same year I saw a kid in the basement get beat up, his head beaten off the radiator. He had to go to the hospital. Wow. I'm telling you, it was yeah, wild. Yeah, school was pretty rough. It was crazy. It was, and it was in Scranton. I know. Like, what the fuck? Okay. Anyway, so so we have a very similar situation here. All <laughs> well, the kids go running out. Rev's not really the principal. Hanson's kind of the principal, isn't he? Hanson's kind of the principal, Yeah. But Rev's laying on the ground, Jen. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? When I saw that, I was like, Amy's going to be like, yeah. So, so Miss Beetle runs over to him. And even Get though him. he's getting up, we see wing sauce. Wing sauce. There's wing on sauce. On the corner of his head, we have some dark. If you're just new to listening to the pod, Jenny has coined the fake blood they use as wing sauce. It looks like, so there was an episode where, um, I think it was in season two or one, where. It was his father's son. Where Edwards gets attacked by a bear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mauled and attacked and he's quote unquote bleeding out. But it's really Michael landed in a bear suit. Well, we knew that. But there's hot sauce. Like it looks like buffalo wing sauce on, on him. <laughs> it is the worst fake blood. Like there was better fake blood given to you for free with like your Dracula costume in yes. the 80s. Yes. So Rev's got a little bit on his head, like enough that he should see the doctor. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. So Charles like is that's at, gonna help. Charles is at the mill and Edwards is at the mill and they see this happening. Right. And they run over. I can't believe they didn't stop this from happening. So Rev tells them he doesn't know what happened, but he thinks that something spooked his horse. And he's like kind of wincing when right. he gets up. So whatever happened was a split second, because otherwise I feel like Charles and Edwards like it's not like he was attacked <laughs> by a person or something. Right. Right, right. So he's like wincing in pain. And so Charles tells Laura to go grab Doc Baker and Laura, and they're like right there in town. So she just, and I'm right sure if store. you get Doc Baker, everything will be fine. <laughs> you got Rev Alden and Doc Baker, everything will be fine. <laughs> so Laura comes back and says, He isn't there, Jen. He's at the Whitman farm. Charles goes in a hero mode. Like, did you see how fast he grabbed his well, wagon? I mean, Rev Alden's standing there talking, walking right, around. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. What does he think is going to happen? Michael Landon just wanted a chance totally. to totally. get in that wagon totally. and fly out. He has for- to save the day even when he just needs a Band-Aid. Did you notice, though, Ride or Die didn't go with him? No, he did not. I mean, because he- I think even Edwards was like, <laughs> he's fine, dude. Like, this isn't this no, is think- that situation. No, no, no. I think Edwards is like, I'll hold down the fort here. <laughs> I'll make sure there. he doesn't pass out. <laughs> okay, so Charles goes in hero mode and heads out of town to fetch Doc Baker. Meanwhile, Jen, here comes James, Doc Baker's nephew, angry, walking down the street, and he's all like, what's going on there? And Laura tells him, and then ominous music. Of course. Zoom in. We see a slingshot in his back pocket. So let me get this straight. This kid kid hit Rev with a fucking slingshot from a mile away. I don't know. (laughs) I think he hit his horse. 
Well, how? Okay, so we think Rev got bloody from falling off the wagon. Yes, oh, yes. Okay, I think he okay. hit the horse. The horse is freaked out, and he flew Do you off think the wagon. The horse would freak out from getting hit with a stone, <laughs> getting hit with a rock. Maybe he hit Maybe. Rev. It was unclear. It was, it was unclear. unclear. It was unclear. But <laughs> my question is, where is Narc Mary? Because usually she always sees these kind of moves, like them <laughs> putting like that thing in their pocket. Or that's true. Okay, so then we're back in class. And Miss Beetle's like trying to revisit the lesson, but Willie is like retelling the story. Of, like Willie can't calm down. Right. Well, of he course. can't calm down from this. He's so wound up. He's talking about the wagon. He's talking about the horse. Like he is totally wound. So Miss Beetle's like, you know what, Willie? Get to the corner. And Jenny, did you pick this up? Now they have Willie corner music. Well, what happened to the Willie corner music though? Because I feel like, like in the later seasons, it's gone. It's like, womp, womp. Like, I was don't that know. a moment in time? I, I don't know. I don't remember it, and it's gone in the later seasons. Maybe they were trying it out, and the test yeah. audience was like, nope. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so Miss Beetle tries again, but she just can't. Like, she ends up dismissing them because they're asking questions. They're doing this. She's like, oh, okay, class. It looks like we've had enough excitement for today. Go home. And it Whatever. seems like it's the end of the day anyway. So. Mm-hmm. so Laura stays behind, and Mary's walking ahead, and she spots something on the ground, Jen. It's Rev's Bible. Okay, question. Okay. Does does he just carry his Bible with him? He does. We've seen him whip it out. But how did he not know then that it was on the ground? Well, that's my question. I can't believe he just left the good book lying on the ground. <laughs> like that feels, it feels very important to him. And if you have a whole book shoved in your coat, you feel that, I think. To be fair, it was kind of under a bush. But he, it doesn't he know he's missing it? <laughs> It's a whole doesn't book he, on his doesn't person. He need, doesn't he need it at all no, times really. to quote it? Okay. So now we're at Doc Baker's and Rev is getting bandaged up. And he's going to be okay, Jen, but he has a bruised rib. Oh, my God. Well, he did. Like, he is elderly That's and he true. fell he off of a wagon. That's true. But, like, how does Doc Baker know he has a rib? He just touches him lightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, did he notice did he notice he kind of like felt around on his head and he's like i don't think you have any lasting damage <laughs> like what he has no idea what all right as he's getting ready to leave there's a knock on the door it's mary she has the bible in the hand he's like oh my god you know thank you so much gotta have the good book blah 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 rev says he was saved jen by the grace of the lord oh lord okay just then, James comes in and he gives Mary the once over. Like this dude looks at her like she is a piece of meat in a dress. But I have a question because this confused me. So James comes in from the regular entrance. Yes. Not how, like looking at the office now, mm-hmm. is it not a, like, is there not a way to get from inside the office to inside the house? I guess they have to I- go outside. I think they have to go outside. Okay. All right. There's an awkward silence and Doc introduces them. And Mary says she'd be happy to show him around sometimes, Jen, because she knows where all the fun spots are in Walnut Grove. No, she really, doesn't. Mary? No, she doesn't. What? Name one. Name what? one. She, all she does is study and do chores. Like, if you had What's to What's she going to say? Anyone... The tree where she told John Jr. <laughs> she'd marry him? Is that the, is that the hot spot in Walnut Grove? <laughs> All right, then we have this really small scene with Pa and Annette. She comes over to the mill to ask him if he can help her find some work for her. Oh son. my god! Everyone I, is everyone is hitting Hanson up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the thing with Hanson is like he either ha- has everyone in town working at the mill, or there's no work at all, and he's desolate. <laughs> so Charles says he, he's sure Hanson could always use a hand. He'll talk to him and get back to her. Jen, did you notice 
how close she was to no, Paul. No, come on. No. Yes, she was. No, no, yes, no, she was. No, no. Oh, and I swear, I can't, I cannot confirm this, but I think she touched him. No. But my question is, is lumber is lumber seasonal? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Are there like rushes on lumber? And then, I mean, there must, wait, I'm making fun, but that's probably true because they probably didn't build things in the dead of the winter. No, probably not. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Although if, if they were smart, they would do firewood in the dead of the winter. That's true. They can cut wood. Yeah. Although most people do that themselves. Yeah, you're not going to pay. I mean, but Mrs. Like Wilson if, probably pays for firewood. That's true. And so does the Widow Thurman. Yeah, she's, or so does, what's her name? Olsen. No. Whipple. Whipple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Whipple's not out there. <laughs> Whipple's not chopping the wood. <laughs> All right, later that day, Carl's Jr. and Laura are fishing, and they're talking about Rev's accident. Laura says, Jen, throw back to your favorite character, Bunny. She bets the horse heard a noise because Bunny would get spooked whenever Pa shot his rifle. I had a little post-traumatic stress disorder hearing Bunny's <laughs> name. But can we also discuss that it's good to see Laura acting again? Yes. Yes, because season four. We're in a period yeah. of season four where Laura is a prop on set. We don't know Completely. what's going on. Yep. Carl's Jr. catches a tiny fish and Laura shames him. And she's like, we're never going to win that prize if you keep catching babies. Is Laura making fun of? the size of carl's fish <laughs> i guess <laughs> carl's jr gives her a dirty look i love how carl's jr is just like whatever i know he's, he's just such a badass <laughs> he's just such a badass so suddenly mary and james approach and mary introduces him and james is all about yep. the fishing, oh yeah all about it he he's like oh carl let me show you a way to cast that my pa taught me before he died and it's like some over like the mary shoulder. is in the dust like mary is yep. he forgot about mary but jen who else is in the dust laura laura and she is not happy <laughs> she's not happy so carl's jr is all into this laura is disgusted and mary has a goofy smile on her face like she just stands there like oh i have a question though isn't she engaged <laughs> i have no idea what at this point engaged. we don't know yeah 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 it's the one where he gets it's the I'll ride the wind. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's season three. Okay. All right. It's the so one she, where he gets the full poetry scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> so she's a free agent at this point. She is not she's engaged. She's a free agent. She's a free agent. Okay. So Carl's Jr. like kind of has a hero worship thing of James going Yeah, on. totally. And he's like, well, there's a fishing tournament next weekend. You should join. And Laura reminds him, it's a partner's tournament and you need a partner. Well, can we just discuss that Carl's Jr. is hungry for an older brother that's not a poet? That's Cle- true. Clearly. That's true. <laughs> He's true. like, wait, older brother's fish? That's true. That's yeah. true. The next day, Mary and Laura are walking to school with Carl's Jr. and Alicia. And Laura is talking about all that she's going to do with her big prize, Jen, which I thought was going to be like $30. It's a fucking fishing box, like a tackle box. I have an index card. Uh, <laughs> on a tackle box. Yes. Jesus. A All brief right. history of tackle boxes. Okay. <laughs> so this is from Great. the Fishing for History blog by Dr. Todd E.A. Larson, PhD. Shut up. <laughs> no, just Dr. Todd Larson. Guys, you guys may want to just. Tune out. Hit that fast forward button three times. Okay, go ahead, Jay. The earliest... Ta- I agree. Like, I'm going to fall asleep halfway through this in the next okay. chart. The earliest yeah. tackle box... Is- well, to be fair, there's not a lot of interesting intellectual stuff in this episode. Like, I really had to, like, 
dig for something. So okay. like a lo- there's a lot of action, but not a lot of depth. Let's face okay. it. The earliest tackle boxes were either leather or wood, a style that persisted into the 1930s and 40s. Through the Victorian era, which is the time we're in on Little House, there was a thriving trade for local carpenters and tanners to make these boxes in most localities. But many anglers made their own since this is the ultra DIY times. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some of these folk art boxes, as we call them today, are true works of art and come in an astonishing variety of styles. When they, I can't read my own handwriting. Sorry. When they do, they appear. When they do appear on the market, which is rare, they're worth a lot of money. Metal ta- metal tackle boxes started making inroads in the 1870s, so that's right now. So maybe this is like a new age yeah, metal yeah. one. Yep. And they were marketed by every retailer and wholesaler in the nation. All I know is I would never work this hard for a metal box. No, fuck. No, nope. I feel like Pa could build this. Pa could totally build this. Speaking of Pa, Jen, that's her big plan. She's going to give it to Pa for his birthday. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, it's not like when she gave Ma the stove. But true, true, you know, true. It's a pretty good gift, I think. But then Mary makes a crack about Laura only caring about fishing and how she should be more focused on her studies. Yeah, well, she's not wrong. And Jen, once again, we have Laura saying that she is traveling the world and fishing in all the mighty rivers she can find when she gets older. No one's going to care what her grades are. It's weird because, like, was that a big, th- like, why do they keep coming back to that theme? That must have been like, a big theme in the books. It's been it was so long since I read the books. Maybe it's a I theme don't know. in the books. Which makes me sad because she wrote those books when she was clearly an adult and had not lived out that dream. So, like, does she just keep writing about how she should have lived out that dream? Well, maybe, but maybe when she was a kid, she had that dream. Maybe. I mean, don't forget, travel, like, they traveled a lot around the country, which would have been big time travel then, I guess. True. That's not like she was around the world, but not everybody could travel around the world in those times easily. True. In school, Willie is taunting Laura about the fishing tournament because, of course, of he course, is. they have to fight about everything. Mm-hmm. Laura tells him she is the best partner, and she and Carl's Jr. will win the big prize. And Jen, Mary tells her it's not godly to boast. It's so like I feel like this was a thing in the earlier seasons that thank God went away. It's like Mary would whip out some kind of like <laughs> like religious righteousness randomly. She's a mini Carolyn. Yeah, but that that seems to have stopped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Laura says to Willie, you don't even fish. You just want me to lose. <laughs> yeah, he's, she's right. And then Nellie gets involved. And she's like, I'll let you use my paw's top of the line fishing rod if you do my homework for a whole week. And Laura, like, seems to think about this for a minute. Idiot. And Nellie quickly goes, we got two weeks. <laughs> Nellie is always working some kind of angle. So Laura, like, sticks her tongue out at her and turns around. Then we're at the mill, Jen, and it must be like HR orientation day because Charles is showing James around. I mean, if anyone's going to be in the HR department at the mill, it's Charles. Let's That's face true. it. That's true. So I love how apparently Hanson has hired this dude, but he couldn't give Timothy the Creeper a job and led led him into a life of crime. I mean, Timothy the Creeper did not have the, the connections that this kid has. Like Doc Baker's not his uncle. That's true. Mm-hmm. And that was also in later seasons, Timothy. And I think the downturn in the economy hit Hanson pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Paul brings him into this weird supply room. And he's like looking around. And the camera is zooming in on sticks of dynamite and like flints. And I have flint a question, though. Why? Why is that stuff at the mill? I, I don't know. But did you notice it was in a big like uh, box marked... Yeah. 
explosives. Yeah, well, of course. Like, we can't tell a stick of dynamite <laughs> is a stick of dynamite. Don't let Carl's Jr. get this room, <laughs> Jesus man. Christ. My God, could you imagine if Carl's Jr. sees this shit? <laughs> Oh, I was fuck. immediately like, but wait, did you see there was almost like a twinkle in James' eye when he's <laughs> no, looking at no. this shit? Don't tell your buddy about this. <laughs> All right. That night, we see Baker sitting reading in his like super fancy velvet Olsen yep. style chair. And Annette comes in and she tells him that the real reason she came to Walnut Grove is because James needs some guidance in his life. He just hasn't been the same since his father has died. And he's full of anger, Jen. And guess who it's aimed at? Rev Alden. The town preacher. <laughs> so here's the story. Apparently, there was a preacher who was around when James' father died. And he told them that God was going to save their father, like our Jim. Okay. Okay. Doc Baker is like, okay, whatever. And tells her, look, you could stay as long as you need. And he suggests enrolling James in school because he's a boy after all. Jen. He's 25. So Annette says she doesn't know how long they'll be staying, but she'll talk to him about the school. Then they hug. And Doc says, it's so good to have family around. Was it? Did, did law require kids to be in school in this time? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, Jen. The next morning, Annette feels better. The sun is shining. So, you know, terrible shit is about it. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be bad. There's like happy music. She heads over to Harriet's to buy some eggs and they're not there yet. What is going on? Is Carolyn dead? I have a theory. I have a theory. What? Carolyn and Charles were having morning sex and she was oh, like. Oh, God. In that house with the three kids right there? <laughs> they have to do it sometime. Yeah. When do they? When do they? Ugh, okay. Maybe when Laura was the only one there and the other two kids were just missing. At least maybe, Laura was upstairs. Maybe when they send them to school, Pa quickly it sees has them to going to school, hops in the wagon and heads home. <laughs> it has to be. Okay, so Harriet totally shames Carolyn and says, you know how it is when you have to depend on farmers for these things. What the... F okay, couple things, Harriet. What the fuck? Like, how are you not going to depend on farmers for eggs? Who are you depending on for eggs? I know. Like, Harriet cannot wait for big dairy. I know. I know. But the best is, Jen, Carolyn walks in just as Harriet's shit talking her. Yep. And she's so startled. She knocks a tin box off the shelf and it lands on Carolyn's foot. Well, did you, did you get that? Um, she was like, those, the farm folk don't keep the same time as us city folk. Right. What are you talking about? It's the opposite. City <laughs> folk are always late. They're always late. They're never early for anything. Right. Okay. So the box lands on Carolyn's foot and she lets out like a oof. What was this random shit, Michael Landon? <laughs> I don't, know. I don't even Jen, understand what he's trying to do here. This helps to further my theory because Nels comes running oh, to Carolyn's aid. I just she, don't even understand what what Michael Anna is trying to do here. She insists that she's fine, but he's like, come sit down. So she sits down and he's like, I'll make sure you get the best price on the eggs. Um, shouldn't wow. we be giving her the best price every day on the eggs? Well, maybe they just don't want to get sued. Maybe. So Annette introduces herself to Carolyn and says she'd be happy to go get her brother to look at the foot. But Carolyn's like, no, bitch, I'm fine. Have you seen me cut off my own leg? She's like, I've almost been, I've almost died because of your brother's incompetence and lack of care in the past. So I'm good. So then we see, uh, we're over at the mill now and Charles is again working with that dangerous saw with no guides on it, yep. cutting wood. 
we see Annette walking by. Charles says hello to her, and she mentions Carolyn's very minor injury. (laughs) And Charles throws the wood he's cutting, rips his shirt off. No, he doesn't. He doesn't rip his shirt off. No, he doesn't. That's a lie. This is Amy made this up. That is a lie. I saw it. (laughs) He didn't rip his shirt off. That is such bullshit. Oh my god. Okay, but he does run over to the mercantile like a maniac. Sure, but he did not rip his shirt off. That's that's Amy's fantasy world. (laughs) So Jenny, after Charles runs away. We see James literally lurking in the shadows. So I think what happened is that Randall scene with Carolyn hurting herself, well, getting hurt, not hurting herself, was just this whole, again, this whole complex vehicle, which they always do, to remove Charles from the mill. <laughs> the mill. Which all they had to do was he walks out, like he walks All they had the to street. do is hands and say, come here, Charles, I want to talk right. to you about Or something. he sees Carolyn pull up to the mm-hmm. Molsons and goes over. Like they have to always do, it's like with Did you just call the, the Molsons the Molsons? Did I? I think you did. But it's Are like, they Canadian it, now? It has to do, like, it's like with Carolyn's dinner theater. Like when they needed to remove Carolyn, Carolyn from the kitchen so the cow could come in and eat her dinner. Mm-hmm. Like they had to put this whole thing where Carrie falls into the creek. Yes. Like, Guys, yep. what are you doing? Yep. Like, yep. we didn't need eight scenes to remove Charles from the <laughs> no. mill. Mm-mm. I don't know what's going on, Jim, but we see him wander into that weird supply <sighs> room, and up. there's, like, music. And, like, this kid's friends with Carl's Jr., holy shit, this whole town's going to get burned down. It's the next day or the day before the – I don't know. It's clo- It's it's daylight. And Laura <laughs> asks daylight. Laura, That's as much as we know. Laura asked Paul if she could go down to the creek and fish. Paul says only if your chores are done. These kids with their fucking chores. What? First of all, her chores are done. Mm-hmm. What? And it's clearly very early. What time do these people get up? I don't know. So Laura heads on down. And suddenly, Jen, she stops dead in her tracks as she sees. What does she see? Carl's Jr. and James fishing together and hopefully not lighting sticks of dynamite together. No, they don't have dynamite, but they are laughing, yep. which they're not catching fish if they're laughing that loud. No, they're not. Nope. Okay. She stomps over to them and James is all like, I found a partner for the tournament. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, no. And Carl's Jr. is like, I hope you don't mind, Laura, but being that James is new in town and all, he doesn't know anyone. And Laura's lips oh, starts to quiver. Dude. And I she, thought Carl's Jr. was her ride or die. He's not. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? Carl's Jr. says, ask Mary. Oh, she's a good no, fisherman. No. Seriously, Carl's no, Jr.? No, she's not. Mary's definitely not a good fisherman. Laura Jen throws her pole down and runs away. And we have the Laura running away music. Carl's oh. Jr. yells for her, but she just keeps running. He's a fucking traitor. And what's Mary going to do? Mary's going to read a book about fishing and write her dissertation yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Later that night, Jen, no Laura. Oh, motherfucker. This fucking kid. <laughs> I mean, every episode one thing to her. She's so dramatic. So later that night, no Laura. Ma's getting concerned. Pa says he'll go to Edwards to see if she went home with Carl's Jr. Like, what a pain in the balls that you can't just pick up the phone and say, did Laura come home with you? The phone was a huge invention for people. Jesus. Well, I and guess so. I, you would think Pa would be worried, knowing there's dynamite in town. <laughs> And that there's some rando. But, you know, as we see later, Pa's totally comfortable with his daughters being around rando. Yeah, he is. Totally. 
So Pa gets to Edwards and Edwards is like, I haven't seen her. And Edwards, Jen, <sighs> I want to, I, I owe you an apology. Whoa. Because we had a fight about what a ride or die is. I know. Edwards says nothing. 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 He no puts questions. Coat on and I'm he's out. like, that's let's it. go. That, let's that's go. a ride or die. Yeah. No you're questions right. asked. Not even a look at Grace to say, we're not eating dinner, even though she clearly <laughs> knows that. He just gets up. There's not even a question. He yep. gets up. He puts on his coat and he goes and he does whatever it is that, car- that, that Charles needs. <laughs> 100%. So, okay. This now, was so good to see. I missed the fucking ride or die. It was good to see, but I feel like we take a left turn here. Because- well, I mean, we, to be fair, we picked this episode because we knew Laura was lost. Yes. They're riding out to the fishing spot, and Edwards is all like, Jen, again, come and get your boy. This is why we don't let girls get involved in fishing stuff. This is why we don't let your son get involved in friendships. (laughs) So Pa's like, Laura is one of the best fishermen I know, and she's tough. She can take it. This is not about fishing. This is about the stab in the back and the knife bleeding out that your son put in her back. But Jen, clearly she can't take it because she runs away every time. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So they get to the creek. And did you notice before they de-wagon, Edwards pulls out a hooch jug. I mean, again, (laughs) this must be that period of time. Because remember the period of time where he was on the, like, literally on the wagon. Or off the wagon. Like, he was, he just had a stash in his coat all the time. This must be in that period of time. Yep. So he offers some to Charles. And Charles is like, "Uh, I need my head straight. What? You gotta find Laura. What? Doesn't he understand that Charles doesn't drink? Doesn't he understand, Charles, that one sip won't hurt you? Maybe it'll lower those walls a little bit. Everyone get, get has some sexy time. It's a, it's a slippery slope. Everyone has his friend. <laughs> I guess. So while Charles and Edwards are walking through the woods, they come across like a fire and like a campsite. Never and a good time. James. What is he doing? Why is he not at Doc Baker's? Because he had, like, hanging out with his aunt and uncle, that or his mother and uncle. What is it? His mother and uncle. (laughs) Sounds lame. Like, would you want to hang out in that little weird house? Like, I mean, it was nice. It was fancy, but it was small. He's clearly drunk. Yes! I couldn't believe it. Is there a drinking age? I think we've already gone through this. But Edwards might have been like, can I have some hooch? I'm shocked he didn't. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he says he hadn't seen Laura, but even if he had, he wouldn't tell. Oh, dude, this is the guy that got you the job. Well, and what's Charles supposed to think? Like, I would start to worry he did something to Laura. I don't know. But then there's this sinister music playing and Charles sees a bunch of stuff from the mill on the ground behind him. And it's that crate. That says oh, explosives, no. but there's like different things in it. It doesn't yeah. look like there's just all that. There's like a bunch like of stuff. Yeah. It didn't look like dynamite. It looked like like some kind of little box, and then there was a lot of wire. I don't know what was going on. Well, that's not a good sign. Not a good sign. I realize I just described a bomb. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't pay attention to what was in the box, but you didn't see what you saw at the mill. You didn't see right, the dynamite right, right. out of the box. So Charles gets in his face and I'm here for it. And he's like, what's What's all this stuff? And then Edwards just comes right behind him. Bam! Punches Ride or die. Motherfucker, ride or die. Because they're both drunk. So this makes sense. But Charles looks at him like, I wanted answers for that. Well, and Charles looks at him like, you just punched a (laughs) 15-year-old. Which 
Like I've said before, I'm not opposed to. <laughs> All right. So then James sulks to the ground, like slumps to the ground. And Charles looks at Edwards and he's like, we better fucking find Laura. What does, what, my question is, what does Charles think happened here? I don't know, but I get his point a little bit, I guess, because, you know, your daughter's missing. You find some rando drunk guy yeah. in the woods nearby. Because I got the impression that Charles never really trusted James completely. Like he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. he was always a little bit like, mm-hmm. yeah. Later, we see Charles arrive home defeated. <laughs> this got dark, man. He's defeated. <laughs> and Jen, guess who's already home? Oh, Laura. Jesus. She's wet. She's wrapped in a blanket by the fire. Paul is relieved. She says she fell in and had to go downstream a while before making her way out. So I think I think you need to add that to the to the bingo card. Laura falls in a creek because like this happens happening. all the time. Keeps happening. Then he tells Carolyn about James and his weird behavior. He's like, something isn't right there. And Carolyn suggests they talk to the Rev. What the fuck is the Rev going to do? You're going to make it worse. What did you talk to Doc Baker? Who's his uncle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, or his okay. mother. Okay. Rev is going to make this worse. Okay. But the it's next- funny because I feel like it's Charles in someone else's business and Carolyn instead of Laura. Usually it's Laura in somebody else's business. True, true. So the next morning we see all the carriages arrive at church and inside the church, Charles is telling Rev what he saw. Rev suggests, Jen, that they ask James if he would like to stay at their house. What does he think? Does he think like, does he think Doc Baker can't handle this? Like, I don't I don't know what he's trying to do. Does he just want him out of town? I don't get it. He says something like the saved saving the unsaved and sheltering those in need. What the fuck is he talking about? And here's the most fucked up thing of all. Doc Baker and the boy's mother are sitting right there. They say nothing. They say nothing. Yeah, that was super weird. (laughs) This was this. This reminded me, though. This was the season where Rev was heavy on the Bible verses. Like he just whipped out Bible verses all the time. That made no sense. The congregation comes in and Laura just like the rest of the congregation comes in. And Jen, did you see the death stare between Laura and Carl? It was Jr.? it was oddly long and very uncomfortable. <laughs> so soon they're singing and having mass. I have to brace myself for this next. This is like it's... a little bully. This gets a little bullies boys it drama. Totally does. All right. So we hear super ominous music and we have a first person POV with Vaseline. Which I love no, This was a thing. This was a vehicle. <laughs> then we see this person look down at their hands and there is a stick of dynamite. We know who this is. Jenny, he's walking towards the church <laughs> oh with everybody in it. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> at the same exact time. Mr. Edwards, who unwillingly thwarts this attack, just comes walking out to get something out of his wagon, and POV has to, like, hide. Well, here again, here again is the bad writing. Why does Mr. Edwards have to leave church? What does he need from his wagon in the middle of a mess? What do you fucking think he needs? (gasps) He's drinking. (laughs) Wait, did Edwards Edwards drinking save the church? (laughs) Maybe. So I wrote, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's going to blow up the church. Oh, my God, get Paul out before he does, please. Oh, my God. I don't care about the rest of them. Get Paul out of there. (laughs) 
All of a sudden, Jenny, he's in the woods and we see him striking a match to light the dynamite. So, but, like, but here's here's the thing. Did he walk into the woods? Is this the crazy woods behind the church where yes, all yes. those crazy horses yes. were? And, okay. Is he going to throw the dynamite to the know. church? Does he think he can make that throw? Maybe he just wants to scare them. Like what I'm thinking is like he's because if he was going to blow up the church, <laughs> you would have to put the dynamite like in the foundation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, right. This isn't going to blow up the church. I think he just wants to scare them or something do something maybe, like that. maybe jen i hate you so hard for this oh my god all of a sudden we hear rustling james goes flying yeah when, <laughs> when he does the dynamite stick flies out of his hands and explodes like over by a tree which can i just say that for a stick of dynamite that was a tiny explosion it was a tiny explosion but Jen, who's standing there? Who is left in the dust? Motherfucking Fred. Motherfucking Fred. Standing there just munching on a piece of James Pants. Save in the pocket. Saving the unsuspecting citizens of Walnut Grove. Mm-hmm. So Edwards is like, what's going on? He comes running over. <laughs> And all everyone from the church starts running out. And Laura's like in the front. Of course, of the there group. was an explosion like next to the back door. Laura's like in the front of the group and she spots Fred and she's like, Fred, I knew you'd come back. And we see this look on Charles' face like, <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God. But and then, then Fred's gone. Fred takes gone. off. Gone. He's like, you can't hold you on to Fred. He's like, I just came back to save your sorry asses <laughs> and I'm gone, you motherfuckers. So. Baker comes out and he runs over to James and Edwards is like, I think your boy was going to th- blow up the church. Oh my God. And James starts to come to, and he's like, get him out of here. Get him out of here. And he starts yelling at Rev Alden. Jen, all of a sudden we realize he's the one who hurt Rev. I feel like we realized that when he was we putting. We realized that. Oh yeah. But, but the church didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. So, all right. We get no resolution on that. Of course. <laughs> the next day, the Ingalls and Edwards are walking to school, and we see James and Annette getting on the stagecoach, and Doc is all like, make sure you do what you promised, young man. You go see that doctor up there in Chicago. James is all like, yes, sir. And Jen, he still has a black eye from when he was punched in the woods. <laughs> the kids watch this happen, and Mary says to Laura, I sure hope he'll be okay. Oh, and then Carl's Jr. says to Laura, gee, Laura, I'd still like to be your partner for the tournament on Sunday if you'll have me. Nope. Fuck off, Carl's Jr. Fuck off. Laura Tell him looks, fuck off, Laura. Laura looks at him and says, sure, you'll always be my ride or die, or at least until my father gets drunk with power and writes your entire family out of the show for two years. <laughs> she didn't say that. Credits roll. <laughs> Credits roll. So we have no idea. We never see these people. Yeah, yeah, of course okay. not. Jenny... Whose fault is this? So (laughs) this is probably Rev's fault. But more importantly, I'd like to discuss who saved the motherfucking day. (laughs) Who saved the motherfucking day on this shit? Um, Fred. Fred saved. Edwards kind of did. Fuck Edwards. Fred saved the motherfucking day. They would all been blown up in that church. Fred, I mean, his job is never done. With this town. His <laughs> job is never done with this town. Fred probably has Mother 85 children. Fred. Oh, at least. <laughs> Mother fucking Fred saved the goddamn day. All right, I all was right. fucking Edwards, Carl's Jr. We picked a good episode. We did. 
All right, Jenny, at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and we think about a theme or a lesson we learned or picked up maybe on the rewatch or the original. We call it our why, and it's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why, maybe to explain some crazy behavior we have. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So I have two whys. I have, this is why I miss motherfucking Edwards and Carl's Jr. (laughs) As you may know, in our regular Little House episodes that were in season four, we're starting to warm up to the Garveys a little bit, but you'll see how that goes. And mm-hmm. it just was so good to see these guys again. Like I missed the hijinks and I feel like the writing was crazier when these mm-hmm. guys were in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it. Some might say the writing was better. No, it definitely wasn't better. I think it was better. The Garveys though, they're just, it's just not the same. And then Fred coming back. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. My otherwise, this is why you never, ever, 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 ever trust teenagers. Ever, ever, never. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> they don't make good decisions, Especially people. when you're showing them a room full of explosives. They just don't make good decisions. And, like, mm. everyone was really lucky that Carl's Jr. never actually came in contact with those explosives. Because <laughs> that shit would have went horribly wrong. That's true. That's true. All right, Jenny, my why is, this is why I have proven, bitches, that I could write an episode (laughs) of Little House on the Prairie. We got you. April Fool's. (laughs) This was a fake episode. And I wrote it. And Jenny acted the shit out of this. Amy wrote this whole episode. It doesn't exist. (laughs) And... It also checks every square on the Little House bingo card if you happen to download it. It was tough, man. <laughs> I had so- to. Jenny goes, okay, so Jenny's like, Thursday's April Fool's Day, like a few months ago. This falls on April Fool's Day. Maybe we should do something. I'm like, I'll write a fake episode. Jenny's like, make sure you check off all the boxes <laughs> on the bingo card. Way easier said than done. Like, like I'm surprised at how well, although mostly unbelievable in parts, I'm surprised at how well the narrative was able to hold together given given the things that had to happen. Yep. I would like to say that I am a graduate of an MFA program (laughs) and I was able to do this. So this episode, if you're confused, never happened. Never happened. There is a real episode called Troublemaker. That's season two, episode 17. But this is not that episode. Right. So let's see. On the bingo card, we have, let me just read it off. And I'll put it in the Mimi Bees again so everybody can see it. But if you think back to our episode, we have, Jane, maybe you can, you know, point out. Shirtless paw. That never happened. That happened in my version, and I wrote it. <laughs> I know, I know. Laura, that was, that was the one one thing that was like way too unbelievable. But we'll just cover <laughs> it like this. Yeah. Laura runs away. Yep. Check. Mary acts like a nerd. Check. Doc Baker gives horrible medical advice. Check. Charles goes into hero mode. Check. Writing in Carolyn suffering in some way that was, was tough. tough. That was I tough. had to do the box dropping on her toe. <laughs> the fucking rando scene, which actually worked in their in their the way they handled things. Yep. Check. Nellie tricks Laura or Mary. Check. Like she tried to get them to yep. take the poll. Yeah. Harriet shames someone because of their status or money. Check. A horse or wagon is loose. Check. Edwards goes in a ride or die. Check. The appearance of wing sauce. Check. Revolden gives bad advice. Okay. Check. That's easy. Guys, that was the hardest part for me to record was when Revolden for out of left field <laughs> he tells Charles he should take the kid in to live with him. <laughs> doesn't make 
Amy just started like wildly <laughs> laughing. She's like, I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, you fucking wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> okay charles defends women folk yes check yes he was defending laura's fishing to edwards mm-hmm. a reference to edwards drinking several i've said check check, check 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 a, a rando character check annette and james arandos yep. carrie doesn't understand she was playing hide and seek and mm-hmm. couldn't count someone is drunk edwards and james james someone gets punched james someone swindles someone James swindled Hanson for a job and then stole his supplies. Okay. Yeah, that was swindly. And then Willie gets sent to the corner. Check. Done. (laughs) Mimi, we hope that you enjoyed this fake episode. After you hear it, we're going to leave it titled how it is for like, what, Jenna Week? And And then then we're going to switch it to let everybody know it's fake. Um, Maybe we should just put that in the show notes. Uh, no, we'll put April Fool's Day episode in the title so people know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll leave we'll it. it. We'll leave it like this for like a week. But um, there were so many when I was going over the script. There were so many times where I'm like, "This is way too smooth of a transition," and you have yeah. to be like, "Cut, cut to classroom." Cut yeah, to- <laughs> I had like just nice transitions. Yeah, in no. Jenny's like, they nope, don't do that. No, nope. they don't do mm-hmm. that. They just pick up the next scene. Je- After I wrote the draft and I sent it to Jenny, she goes, "I think this is too good." <laughs> then it starts getting unbelievable like pretty halfway through it so it really does it really does okay jenny so why don't you tell everybody what we really have coming up next i will say this for our patreon in april we have dead poet society which i was really excited about and we have jenny's ass pick which is which mother's mine starring melissa sue anderson who acts overacts in exactly the same way as she does a little house so the next episode of Little House that's dropping on the regular feed back in our regular season is um, season four, episode eight, The Aftermath. So that will be the next one in, in season four that we're doing. Yeah. So um, again, sign up for our Patreon. You could greatly support us by leaving a five-star review. We really appreciate that. And, you know, follow us on, on social media. We're at Gen X This Is Why on Facebook and on Instagram. And thanks for joining the ultimate episode of Amy's Rewrite Corner. <laughs> this was Amy's Rewrite Corner, 100%. God, this, this aside, I still think, even though I wrote this and had complete control, like a maniac, like Michael Landon, I still think Bully Boys was better. <laughs> I, st- I mean, I think you directed it well also. <laughs> <laughs> I had to direct it in my mind because I had to like convince myself I was seeing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's definitely like a tone, you know, we can, we can strike. All right, guys, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Hi everyone, Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisisy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. It's ridiculous. This is so badly written. <laughs> For some reason, that part just gets me. Why? It's not even that funny. Why would he suggest this? Okay. Did you smoke weed before we start recording? <laughs> I'm cutting this out, but why would he suggest that? It makes no sense. I don't know. You wrote it. Okay.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.